0: Friday night over uh, the Vikings of Northside, I think the final score was 23-8, to eight, uh, but the regular season is over, Coach, and here come the playoffs, and uh, I believe you'll be hosting uh, Terrebonne uh, Friday night, is that game scheduled for Friday night and at, at uh, Westgate High School?
1: Yes, sir, yeah, we would be hosting Terrebonne Friday.
0: And uh, of course... Uh, Could you uh, maybe just a little recap of the game uh, last Friday and uh, about your upcoming opponent here in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I think it's the Terrebonne Tigers. Is that correct? Yes,
1: sir. sir. sir.
0: Yeah, go ahead. A little recap of the game Friday night and then uh, a little bit about what uh, your fans can notice with uh, the Terrebonne team that will be coming to Westgate uh, Friday night.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, played a you know a, a strong uh, north side team uh they they definitely improved a lot you know from the, from the previous years. Uh we 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 jumped out on them early and and, and kicked a field goal and went up 3 nothing. Then we came back and scored a touchdown. We were up 10 uh 10 nothing almost to the end of the second quarter and they, they ended up scoring a touchdown again getting the two-point conversion. So it was 8 to 10 going into the half. Uh, kind of a good defensive battle game going on early on and then uh coming out of the second half we kind of opened some things up and uh did some good things offensively with devise garden and uh brian leon threw for over 150 yards uh had a good game we've been just trying to make him improve every single night uh basically just don't turn the ball over and just and just do some good things for us and he did a good job of just managing the game uh you know finding open guys uh through two touchdown passes uh, like they threw for over 150 yards, then turned the ball over. to a Garden it, ran for over 150 yards, uh, and defense didn't allow you know another point for the rest of that rest of the game. Uh, we held them to 160 yards total offense, which is something that you want to do around this time. You want to be playing good defense, you want to be playing good you know efficient offense and, and playing solid on special teams. I feel like we did a good job of that and was able to get away with a, with a, with a good win uh, against Northside, 23 to eight. We were 21 seed going into. Uh, Friday night, uh, our nine district teams helped us. We got a lot of wins from those guys. So we were able to jump up to 16 seed. So we'd be playing Terra Bone. a strong team. They won seven games. Uh, Coach Tyler Lewis does a good job with those guys. Uh, they have a real good defensive line. They really get after you. Uh, have a receiver that's committed to LSU. Uh, that's a big guy that can play. Also have another big receiver on the side. They have a strong running game. So we're going to be a strong test for us at home, but we'll be ready for it. There
2: you go. Uh, we talked about uh, Bryant-Leon Saturday morning. Talked about how efficient uh, he is uh, getting the most out of uh, the passes with those two touchdowns. Just six completions, but two uh those touchdowns.
1: Right, right. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, you know, not, not going to put a lot on his plate. Like I said, Bryant is a receiver at heart. I think he probably played uh, college receiver uh, and had to be thrust into it. He was our third-string quarterback going into the year. Uh, kind of the emergency guy, and uh, we had to use him. So uh, with Jabari going down, uh, so we had to we had to start playing him. So he did a he's doing a good job, uh, and he, you've seen the improvement from the Turley's game all the way up, up until now. You've seen that he's working hard at it. He's doing a good job, and and just making the easy throws, and also making the efficient throws, and guys are going out there and make plays for him. So those are the things that we continue to keep on working on, and expect him to keep getting better every week. And that's what we need out of him right now.
2: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned uh, taking care of the football. I think that's. One of the best things when you've got a pretty strong defense, if your quarterback, even the backup, can take care of the football, that goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the teams, you know, even in, all the way up to the NFL, guys who just manage, you know, manage the game and just can take care of the ball and do some good things. And, and as long as you play good defense, you always have a chance, you know. So that's kind of what we've modeled ourselves, even at Westgate, from, you know, from years past. You know, we've always had a strong defense, and we just feel like if we can just control the game, you know, and flip the field with special teams, and 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 make the plays we need to make them, we'll we'll be fine. And and that's the, that's the model that we're preaching to our guys right now.
2: There you go. Terrebonne uh, talked a little bit about their offense. Uh, what about the uh, the defense? Uh, have you had a chance to get a good look there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Their their defensive line is real, real strong. Uh, they get after you. Uh, so we've got to, you know, really be sound up front. You know, but I think our offensive line is one of the strengths of our, of our team as well. So it'll be, a good, it'll be a good matchup, but we feel like if we can get to the perimeter and do some things outside of the defensive line, we feel like we got a shot. So we're just going to be working on, you know, just stopping them guys up front. You know, but it, 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 the game is going to be one up front Friday night. It's, it's who is it. Can we stop that defensive line and uh, can they, can that defensive line get the penetration? That's where the game is going to be won. And can, if we can take care of those things, and whoever wins that battle, it's going to be the team more than likely that wins that game.
2: Not a long trip for Terrebonne fans. Uh, Coach, give you any idea of what kind of crowd to expect from there, and uh, what do your fans need to know about?
1: I um, mean, once again, I mean it's a home game. I mean, we've been able to host, you know, for the last four or five years, you know, home games here, uh, you know, and, and that's something that's big, you know, for this program, big for this area. You know, it's, it's not easy to win in our district. It's not easy to win in our classification. You know, and for us to come out of here and, and go through the things that we went through and still come out there with six, six wins. You know, and and hosting a playoff game is, is big. So, we definitely need guys support. Terrebonne, this is their first time going to the playoffs, I think in five, six years. Uh, brand new coach, so he's getting those guys rolling. So, they go come out there motivated, come out there with a good crowd. Uh, like I said, they won seven games, and they expect them to win this game. So, we definitely need to have all the support that we need for it.
2: There you go. Terrebonne, a 4A or a 5A school? I, I don't remember from my days out there.
1: Uh, they're 5A. Okay. Like I said, you know, they got, us, they, they got us playing up, you know, uh, in the um, you know, and for the playoffs, so we just got to be ready for it.
2: No, no doubt about it, Coach. Anything else uh, to leave us with before we uh, let you go?
1: Uh, no, I mean that's it. I thank you guys, you know, for all your support all year, and like I said, you know, please continue to keep on doing it.
2: Absolutely, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again uh, Saturday morning. All
1: right, appreciate it. And, uh,
2: good luck, Coach. Appreciate Coach Ryan Antoine there again. The Westgate Tigers uh, sounds like a tall task. there. It
0: is, and uh, you know they. They that, that area definitely produces a lot of good football players the problem is they got four big high schools in that area and it kind of dilutes the talent a little bit because South Terrebonne, along with Bourgeois and Ellender, uh, mm-hmm. those are those schools. And then you have Vanderbilt Catholic uh, mm-hmm. there in that definitely. area. Oh, definitely. And, right. I mean, that's five high schools sucking on players. And uh,
2: and all 4A or 5A yeah, schools. Yeah,
0: that's right. That is correct. So uh, some pretty good football, too. And as he mentioned, uh, uh wide receiver from Terrebonne is one of the top ten kids in the state. uh uh, uh, for uh, recruiting purposes, and he's a commitment to LSU. He's about 6'3", about 200 pounds, and uh, he'll be a handful for the Tigers to uh, hold back uh, this coming uh, Friday night. And uh, as he mentioned, the game is Friday night. I uh, uh, wonder, does Thursday night games? Very rare. Yeah, come in. Uh, you're right. My, the I only haven't way, seen anything. Yeah, the only way I think it would come into play is a sharing of stadiums. You know, in the New Orleans area, it's pretty uh, popular to play games in the – playoffs uh during the course of thursday friday and even sometimes saturdays uh because of the lack of stadiums with the number of teams they have uh, in that area so interesting uh, for Coach, I uh, want to wish uh, the Westgate Tigers all the best, too, as they take on the Terrebonne Tigers in a big ball game here this Friday, folks, uh, uh, with that. So in the meantime, uh, just about time to take another break and bring on Bob Rose, and we'll talk a little bit about the Saints. Of course, uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240.
3: 300- East Main across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy.
0: Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us.
3: Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hi, this is Boxcar Bagel, inviting you to join me and PGA golf professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
0: Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com
2: and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Oak.
3: So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Bring us live on Kane 1240com
0: and catch the podcast the next day.
3: Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240.
0: Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. On the line with us is uh, Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob, and uh, welcome to the show as always.
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, uh, Thank you for having me. I hope everybody is doing well. And I hope nobody forgot to set their clocks back yesterday.
0: no uh, we uh we did that before we went to bed uh to make <laughs> up, to make up uh for that uh, in the meantime but well, Bob, guess who 's in first place in the n f c South? Can you believe it after uh, uh wondering if it'd even make it uh with uh, playing football with the Saints at five and four with the losses uh, see, to the other uh uh to uh NFC South teams who lost um basically almost last place in the game in Atlanta and Tampa Bay. I mean who'd have thunk it?
4: Uh, yeah, I caught the I, I caught the tail end of both games, uh you know, and I you know, listen you you guys you guys are about you know we're all about the same age here, so I'm sure you have the same hatred for the Minnesota Vikings that I do uh it, so I find it impossible to root for them, but to see you know, it, see them take down uh you know, take down a division rival like that uh you know and then you know Houston and the epic performance put on by c j. Stroud to take down tampa bay uh, it just it it wound up being a pretty good day after a rocky first half in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, Bob, I really thought the Bears, they were going through the Saints like, uh, what's the old saying, a hot knife through butter. I mean, they they just, I mean, the Saints couldn't do anything. And then the first touchdown pass to Komet, I mean, they had uh, a (laughs) 5'8 safety on a 6'5 tight end. I mean, (laughs) how do you cover that? I mean, nice catch and throw uh, there, but uh, uh, Taro Matthew had no chance to knock that ball down at all.
4: No, no, he didn't, and you know, I, I was I was highly concerned with the defense, uh, you know, especially through the first half. And you know, listen, we talked about the Bears last week on the uh, on your show before we wrap things up. And you know, the the one thing we all agreed on is that the, you know Chicago doesn't have a lot of talent, but they'll play you hard, and that's what they did yesterday. I just I can't. I know I get a lot. I've gotten a lot of grief for this uh, you know, uh, through my articles on the Saints News Network the last couple weeks, but I, I, I have a growing concern about this defense. Now, to their credit, they made a lot of game-changing plays. I mean, you know, uh, forced five turnovers. Finally, showed a little bit of pass rush late in the game to seal the win. Uh, but you know, when you're facing a team that you you have so much talent advantage over, like they did with Chicago, you've got to put them away early. I'll take the win. To me, it was a high-character win. It showed you know, it showed a lot of resiliency on the Saints' part to pull out a victory, even on a day where they struggled early on. Uh, but you, you, you can't. You, you have to be better finishers going forward, especially when you face better teams.
0: Yeah, you know, with the Bears, too, uh, also, it looked like early in the game and mid, midway, even through the third quarter, they wanted it more. It looked like they were playing mm-hmm. hard, and the Saints were kind of going through the motions, and uh, thank goodness. It wouldn't have been for the five turnovers yesterday. The Saints don't win that game yesterday. There's no way they yeah. won that game yesterday, uh, stopping the Bears. And the rookie quarterback uh, looked pretty good running the football, too, I should say, <laughs> in the first half, as he kept the Saints' defense off balance the whole day. They were on their heels in the first half.
4: Yeah, yeah, they really were. Uh, yeah, and you know, who, who knew that Tyson Bajant was going to be the you know, the next reincarnation of Steve Young? Uh, because that's exactly the way he looked. Uh, you know, and you know, New Orleans was absolutely helpless against him and Dante Foreman uh, you know, in those powerful inside runs. Uh, you know, we, joked, we joked at the beginning of the segment about you know, uh, hopefully that nobody forgot to set the, you know, reset their clocks. It looked like the Saints defense forgot to reset their clocks. And you know, you know what? All the credit in the world to Derek Carr and that offense for keeping the team in the game. They did what they had to do early on, Grant- through the middle portions and you know, latter portions of the second half, the offense stalled out when they had a chance to blow the game wide open. But if it wasn't for Derek Carr's accuracy early on and the performance of that offensive line and obviously Taysom Hill, I think the Saints could, you know, would have been down by two or three scores by halftime.
0: Yeah, uh, and – uh, you know, in that game yesterday, uh, it always happens. And there was a college game Saturday where it happened. They put up the notice stat. Oh, he's a, a 10 out of 10 in field goal attempts. And Carlos Santos, who kicked on that field uh, 12 years ago for Tulane, he was 11 for 11. And, boing, uh, the upright uh, never fails. Uh, and there was a college game Saturday. I can't recall which one. They mentioned this kicker. It might have been A&M. Oh, He's uh 20, 19 out of 19, and boing, uh, he hits the upright, too. It just seems like it never fails in these games where uh, kickers are, are I they, just... they
2: found ways to hit one kicker, hit the one upright, the other kicker, yep. hit the other upright. Yep. So they kind of <laughs> traded those uh, doinks.
0: Yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, and Santos, who uh, was the kicker of the year in college one year, uh, just buying one off the upright and uh, could have made a difference in the game. And it's uh, uh, just amazing uh, how you see that. And it just seems – I don't know if you've noticed, there's been a lot of kickers missing kicks too. Yeah. And I was telling Jeff even earlier on this show, the number of coaches who are going for it on fourth down, uh, whether it be fourth and four or fourth and three – I mean, just historically, you never saw that back in the day. And uh, even going on for fourth down, thinking they're going to score a touchdown, or taking the points, kicking the field goal and get out of there. And you're just not seeing that as much as you used to uh, years ago. They're not taking the sure points. Of course, it's not uh, sure, but the kickers have gotten so much better over the last uh, 25 years. But uh, amazing coaches going for it on fourth down, too. And we saw a little bit of that yesterday.
4: Uh, yeah, guys, I'm seeing the same thing, and there, you know, there, there's nothing worse in the world for a coach uh, you know, when you do not have confidence in your kicker because you feel like you, know, you, you you feel absolutely handcuffed in the decisions that you have to make. Like you said, you know, we see, and you know, I don't have a problem with a gambling coach anyway. Um, yeah, you know, but when they feel forced to make a decision and like going forward on fourth down instead of taking sure points. Uh, yeah, that, that's the worst feeling in the world when you're forced into a decision that you don't want to make. And, you know, you, the, the, I believe you were referring to you know, the Dennis Allen, uh, you know, fourth down gamble yesterday. Yep. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with that play. Um, uh, you know, if you can't pick up a half yard, uh, you know, as Sean Payton and several other coaches uh, have said throughout history, if you can't pick up a half yard with the game on the line, you don't deserve to win. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that. But, yeah, you know, whenever you don't make it in a gamble like that, obviously the naysayers are going to come out of the woodwork and say, you know, oh, you should have taken the 33, 34-yard field goal. Uh, yeah, And in hindsight, given the score and the situation, maybe they should have. But D.A. saw a chance to put the game away. Uh, you know, and I'm often highly critical of Dennis Allen for being too conservative, uh, you know, especially when his team only has a one-score advantage like they did in that situation. So uh, I, I, I like I like the backbone that D.A. showed on that play uh, in that situation. It might not have worked, but I want to see more of that kind of gambling from Dennis Allen going forward. And you know what else, too, that
0: caught my eye uh, just looking over that? didn't recall it yesterday. The Saints only had one penalty yesterday. Yes, you know, and
2: (laughs) there were very few penalties in that game. All of a sudden, one happened, and we said, "Hold it! That's like the first
0: flag." (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Saints, no turnovers. Uh, Car wasn't sacked yesterday, uh, and you know, the Bears had built up. Got a trade during the week from the Commanders for a big defensive lineman. uh, and just, uh, um...
2: extended his contract too. Oh, okay. I, I was yeah. a little, I was a little worried about that. You trade away and, and uh, Bob, you know, I'm a bear fan. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the rest do as well. I like, you're going to trade that second round pick for a guy. You don't have any guarantee. You're going to have, you're, you're not, uh, you know, uh, you should be sellers, not buyers when you're two and four or whatever they were uh, heading into the trade deadline, Uh, But but they obviously uh, felt pretty good that they were going to be able to secure, I think, uh, 100-plus million over four years and three-quarters of that guaranteed.
4: Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I, I was very surprised that the Bears made that deal for Montez Sweat. But I have always I, – I, I, Sweat is my was my favorite Washington defensive lineman. I know everybody wants to talk about Chase Young, but when the Bears made that move for Sweat, I kind of moved up in my seat a little bit, and I'm like, okay – Uh, you know, Chicago who came into the game last in quarterback sacks, uh, you know, now all of a sudden gets a boost to their defensive line. And I was telling people that were critical about the saints, not making a move for him. Uh, You know, listen, uh, yeah, as you pointed out, you know, sweats coming in, it it is in the last year of his deal, uh, you know, prior to the trade deadline. And you don't make that kind of move unless you're confident that you can re-sign the guy. So I give, I give props to Chicago, uh, you know, for for making the move you know, and being able to you know, to extend Sweat's contract, I think he's going to be a difference maker for them down the road. Uh, you know, and we say, you know, uh, again, I go back to what I said about the Saints' offensive line. They had a hard time opening running hole, rushing lanes for their runners, uh, but they did a fantastic job in pass protection. Not only no sacks on Derek Carr, like you guys uh, like you guys mentioned, not hap- that's a first for the year. Uh, but Carr only got hit twice. Uh, you know, as he was releasing the football, and even the one pressure, significant pressure that Montez Sweat got, it came on Ryan Ramchick's side, not on Andres Pete's. So I think this offensive line is really starting to come together as far as pass blocking goes. Yeah,
2: got to talk about Taysom Hill, and you know fans love to see him in the game, but it was so great to see how diverse he was. He when he was in the game, he wasn't just running the ball; it wasn't mm-hmm. the obvious thing, and uh, when the Saints do use him, they they need to make him more diverse.
4: Yeah, and I think Pete Carmichael has done a great job of that, especially in recent weeks. Um, you, know, you, you use the versatility of Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, don't make yourself, you know, don't telegraph to the defenses what you're going to do. When Taysom Hill is in a game, in the game, or especially in the backfield in a certain down or distance situation, uh, I love that they're getting to have have gotten Taysom more involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, it, it, like you said, that just that that widens what a defense has to guard against. And you know it, it, even if Taysom doesn't make a play that just frees up your other pla you know, other playmakers uh you know and gives them opportunities uh you know to to make plays against the defense and that's exactly what it, it's the taysom Hill effect uh you know you're seeing the full uh you know, full variety of his versatility uh you know on display, and you know, you've got to give props to Pete Carmichael for that one.
0: Also, well, let's just quickly, uh, of course, the Saints travel to Minnesota, I believe, this uh, coming uh, Sunday. And, uh, of course, Minnesota had a big win uh, yesterday. And uh, Joshua uh, Dubs, uh, the Saints will be facing. uh, uh, Bob, what do you know about this uh, young quarterback?
4: I'll tell you, he's a he's a gritty competitor. Uh you know, he's he's bounced around you know, to I think four different teams in his five, six year career. Uh you know, pretty much a career backup. Uh, but yeah, as we saw from Dobbs when he came into the game yesterday uh, you know, for Minnesota, when their their rookie quarterback Hall went down, uh, you know, Dobbs is a fierce competitor. Uh, you know, he 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 came in and he excelled after only being with the team for I think three or four days.
2: That's right. And you know,
4: it, it, listen, as bad as the Arizona Cardinals had been and are this season, uh, you know, Dobbs kept them in a lot of games. Uh, earlier in the year before they did trade him to Minnesota. And you know, Dobbs is not going to be the most accurate downfield passer in the world, but he's smart. He'll take what the defense gives him. He'll get the ball to his playmakers, and Minnesota has a few of them on offense. He'll get the ball to his playmakers, and he's athletic enough to make plays with his legs, something that the New Orleans Saints continue uh, to have infuriating struggles against. So uh, I I believe that Josh Dobbs is probably going to get the start against the Saints this week. Uh, I know Jaron Hall, he left yesterday's game with a concussion, so... You know, keep, keep a watchful eye on whether he even clears concussion protocol, uh, but I believe that the Vikings made this trade for Dobbs uh, you know, after Cousins went down with the Achilles, obviously, uh, with the idea that they want Josh to start through the rest of the year. So you know, even if Jaron Hall does cr- uh, pass concussion protocol, you've you got a feeling uh, with what Dobbs did yesterday – uh, yeah, against the Atlanta Falcons on you know, only two or three days preparation, uh, yeah, the, he's going to be the starter against New Orleans. And again, his skill set is the exact style that gives the Saints and Dennis Allen's defense fits.
0: Yeah, and believe it or not, the Saints are two and a half pick uh, going into this game uh, Sunday. The over/under is forty and a half. Uh, so uh, both teams uh, kind of mirror each other, uh, running and throwing the football uh, offensively. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Saints. Uh, just a shade better defensively, which uh, pretty much has helped them all through the year. But it uh, should be an interesting game. Uh, that game's going to be broadcast on Fox at noon uh, on the 12th. So uh, we'll see how the Saints uh, hold up. In the meantime, uh, 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 Bob, uh, just uh, if Saints are in first place. Who would have thunk it uh, two weeks ago or three <laughs> weeks ago? Unbelievable.
4: Yeah, and they have a great opportunity in front of them now. You know, not only with a winnable game, uh, you know, at least on paper at Minnesota, uh, yeah. But then you know, at, down the road you face Atlanta, uh, you face the New York Giant, an awful New York Giants team a few weeks from now. Uh, you know, you you could conceive, and I think the Giants come after the Detroit Lions, but you could conceivably go into. Uh, you know, your, your showdown with the Detroit Lions next month with a 7-4 and four record if you take care of business. Uh, but, again, that, that's a big if. Uh, you know, we know a lot about Dennis you know, Allen. One thing we know about Dennis Allen teams is that they have you know, kept us on the edge of their seat, and the only thing consistent about them is their inconsistency. Uh, you know, so, again, you know, be happy about the Bears win. Showed a lot of character, a lot of resiliency. But this team must do a better job of putting teams away, finishing games, finishing plays from, you, know, uh, you know, from drive to drive. Uh, you know, and that's still not something that we're seeing from the Saints team.
2: All right. <clears throat> Bob, always a pleasure. I will look forward to recapping uh, Sunday's game next Monday. But remind us again uh, some of the other ways we can hear and see your
4: work. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. As always, uh, oh, It's certainly a much better, much brighter Monday when we're coming off of a win. Uh, but folks, you can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose R O S E. I'm over on Twitter at Bobby R 2613. All of my work I publish not only on my personal pages but also the Saints News Network at Saints News on Twitter, and the SI.com team page for the New Orleans Saints. And make sure you all check out our show, Brendan Boylan and I. Uh, it's called the Bayou Blitz. Uh, we're going, you know, we go every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the schedule, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and you know, when we do run, we, uh, we start at 8 p.m. Central Time live. You can check us out not only on our personal pages, but the Bayou Blitz Facebook group and also Bayou Blitz on YouTube
2: real good. Bob, always a pleasure, and again, we'll look forward to doing it again next Monday.
4: Thank you, guys. It's my pleasure, and have a great week. You, you too. too, Bob. Appreciate that. Yes. Uh, Bob
2: Rose, and again, the Saints uh, get ready for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and it's it's one of those games where I can truly root for the Saints. Yeah, I just... As, you know, Bob mentioned his hatred for the Vikings. Trust me, my mom was from <clears throat> Minnesota. I had a lot of cousins who would give me grief because the Bears were pretty bad in the '70s, and the Vikings were so good. I I, I think I hate the Vikings more than I hate the Packers, and that's probably not the way it's supposed to be. And and quite frankly, I'd a little. It was tough for me to embrace LSU because of the same colors. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> and you
0: know, the Vikings. The last two times the Saints have played them. I think the Vikings have beat the Saints both times in the playoffs. Of course, that miracle catch mm-hmm. up in Minnesota, and then the, the uh, tight end push off uh, over in the dome uh, three years ago uh, with that. So uh, anyway, uh, the Vikings, like you said, uh, they're zero for four though in the Super Bowl, and uh, with uh, Joe Cap losing uh, to uh, Kansas City in the old two lane stadium, then uh, Sir Francis uh getting beat uh three times uh in the 70s i think by the uh dolphins uh the raiders and i'm trying to think of the uh other uh afc team maybe the steelers beat them at 0-2 yeah, late Stadium, 16 to 6 for their first uh, world championship anyway just interesting too uh in that regard so uh We'll see how everything uh, come around uh, with that. Uh, I was looking for the um, Associated Press uh, poll uh, that came out uh, yesterday around noon uh, with that, and uh, of course uh, uh, the LSU Tigers with their loss, they drive a drop a few spots. But the AP poll outright uh, this uh, yesterday, Georgia comes in at number one, followed by Michigan. Who had a big win again? Ohio State uh, knocking off people. Florida State, uh, they stay. That's one through four right now. Washington is hanging around. They're 9-0. Uh, they had another big win as they beat back... Uh, I think uh, I'm USC. To yeah, I see, that's right. USC
2: fired their defensive coordinator They're, after the game. After the I, 52 points.
0: Yeah, I thought it been earlier than that. Uh, so that's been their problem. They can score, they just can't stop anybody. Oregon comes in at six. The Texas Longhorns dodged a big bullet over the weekend I as they get so. past uh, uh, Kansas State. Uh, also Alabama, of course, with their win over LSU. Penn State uh, hanging around. They're number nine. Ole Miss is number uh, 10. They had to eke out one against A&M. And maybe it was the A&M kicker who missed that uh, short field goal late in the game. Maybe he was the one that was like 19 out of 19 and missed a kick uh, from inside 40 yards. Elsewhere, uh, 11 is Louisville, 12, Oregon State, Utah, 13. Tennessee comes in at 14. Elsewhere, Oklahoma State with their big win over the weekend, over the Sooners. Uh, There's 15, 16 in Missouri who hung around uh, Georgia for a little while, but then Georgia pulls it out. Oklahoma with that loss, they dropped seven spots to their in-state rival, uh, the Cowboys. LSU dropped five spots with the loss to Alabama. They're 18. Kansas moves up three spots with their big win over Oklahoma. Elsewhere, Tulane uh, moves up a spot at 20th. James Madison, two spots at 21st. Notre Dame drops ten spots after their uh, loss over the weekend. Elsewhere, Arizona's kind of surprising people out there. They come in at six and three. Six and three. They're twenty third. North Carolina uh, comes in at twenty fourth. And Liberty, who's making a little noise, they're nine and zero. They're in Conference USA. Uh, they come in at twenty fifth. Other teams uh, receiving votes. Uh, nothing, uh, of course. Kansas State after their big win. Southern Cal dropped. SMU getting a few. Duke along with West Virginia, Texas A&M, and North Carolina State. And Clemson, where they, where uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Debo Sweeney <laughs> made a, a, a shout out, saying that uh, you yeah, they know they're right now they're just kind of pushing us aside, but you got to beat us. And uh, Clemson. Uh with a big win over the weekend, uh there crushed kinda, Notre Dame. Yeah, they did too, and they beat Notre Dame. So uh with that, of course, uh he making Debo Sweeney uh making some talk so uh that the Clemson time Tigers, to buy stock in Clemson now. That's right. He was making a lot of noise uh with that. Of course Clemson being down a little bit right now. Yeah, it's time for our break. We'll come back with today in sports history right after this.
3: Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word cure to 501501 501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online at coach CoachToCureMD.org. Text the word cure. To 501 501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association.
2: Now back to Bayou Sports on the all new Kane 1075.
0: Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, November the 6th. Uh, in the meantime, of course, today in sports history, in 1929, the Providence Steamroller became the first NFL team to play a game at night under floodlights and they lose to the Chicago Cardinals 16 to nothing at the Cyclodrome in Providence, Rhode Island. Can't help you there. Also in 1934, the NFL Philadelphia Eagles beat the Cincinnati Reds. I just got, looked it up, Googled it just now. The Reds only played in the NFL for two years. They didn't pay their dues to the NFL, and they uh, were suspended. They beat the Reds 64 to nothing. Also in this date, 1969, in the inaugural Cy Young Award, it's a tie between Mike Koyar and Denny McLean. Of course, McLean won it the year before, winning the last 30 games winner in the uh, Major League Baseball Coyar, the fine uh, knuckle—not knuckleballer, but screwballer—played with uh, the Orioles for many years. Also in this date, 1974, Dodger Mike Marshall is the first relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. I think he set the record for relief appearances. I think he had over 100, 100, 104, 106, somewhere in there, in one year. Elsewhere on this date, 1976, former Twins reliever Bill Campbell is the first free agent to sign with a new team, joining the Red Sox for one million of a. Four years. Unbelievable. <laughs> Look at those salaries today. Elsewhere in 1990, Braves' Dave Justice wins the NL Rookie of the Year uh, back in the day. Also in 1993, uh, Evander Holyfield beats Reddick Bow in 12 for the heavyweight boxing title. In 1995, on this date, Art Modell, of course, the uh, owner of the Cleveland Browns, he officially announces the Cleveland Browns are moving to Baltimore, Maryland. Of course, they became the Ravens. Elsewhere on this date, in 1996, L.A. Dodger Todd Hollingsworth wins the NL Rookie of the Year. How many times have you mentioned Dodgers for winning Rookie of the Year? They probably have won it 50% of the time. That's a good guess. Elsewhere on this date, in uh, 1997, San Francisco Giants manager Dusty Baker is named the NL Manager of the Year uh, on this date. Uh, Of course, uh, birthdays today, born in 1861, James Naismith, uh, who invented the game of uh, basketball. He was an educator and inventor. He also was the inventor of the football helmet. I didn't know that. Mm. Born in uh, Almonte, Ontario. Also born on this date, way back in 1887, uh, Walter the Big Train Johnson, of course, who passed away in 46, 1946, he won the Triple Crown in a pitching World Series MVP, uh, also with the Washington Senators, had that unique sidearm delivery. He was born in Humboldt, Kansas. Also born on this date, 1939, Pat Dye, College uh, Football Hall of Fame coach at East Carolina, Wyoming, and then Auburn. Born in Blythe, Georgia, of course, Coach Dye passed away in 2020. Also born on this day, 1941, Ray Perkins, All-American wide receiver at Alabama and uh, coached the New York Giants, Alabama, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, even Arkansas State. Born in Mount Olive, Mississippi, Coach, Coach Perkins also passed away in 2020. Also born on this day, way back in 1976, a name we should never forget, Pat Tillman. Football player and U.S. Army Ranger, born in Fremont, California. Uh, Of course, Pat Tillman, uh, who was an outstanding safety with the Cardinals, uh, dropped his uh, allegiance to the NFL, joined the Rangers, Army Rangers, and was killed by friendly fire somewhere over in Afghanistan uh, back in, uh, I want to say, 2004. Elsewhere, deaths on this date, uh, dying on this day, way back in 1931, Jack Cheeseborough, the Hall of Fame pitcher, he was a Major League wins uh, leader. He also won 41 games in 1904, and uh, with the New York Highlanders, which became the Yankees, he passed away of a heart attack at 57 years of age. Wow. Elsewhere, quote of the day: Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman said, "Passion is passion is what makes life interesting." It, what ignites our soul fuels our love and carries our friendship stimulates our intellect and pushes us to our limits of course pat tillman gave up his life uh, to serve the united states rangers here uh, on this date way back in uh, well not on this date but in 2004 his life was taken in afghanistan by a friendly fire of all things anyway jeff uh that's today in sports history here on a big uh, monday uh, uh, November the 6th. Uh, now back to you.
2: As always, big thanks to our guests, including today, Bob Rose, uh, SI.com, as well as other ways to see, her and, see and hear his work, and also Westgate head coach Ryan Antoine. Appreciate Coach uh, joining us on Monday mornings. And we thank our sponsors, including Jacob Landry, now the state representative-elect out of District 49, L.A. Classic Riffing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency.